again, folks. Welcome back to the Modern Producer Secrets podcast. I hope every American out there got to enjoy their 4th of July weekend. I know I did. We had a ton of fun. We also had to try to keep our dogs safe. Unfortunately, they get very disturbed about the fireworks. Now, if you have pets, hopefully they were safe and comfortable. You took care of them. I know we had a great time and we were able to make the most of it. But before we dive into this episode, I just want to catch everybody up on how things have been going, because obviously in the last episode, I kind of mentioned that I've been trying to do some work in my own business and get things back on track. Since then, I've already got things lined up for a (laughs) fact I've been working on it. It's a full length album mastering project for a client of mine. In fact, he's a member of the MPA. Also lining up a project to assist with sound placement and mixing for an indie feature film, which is something I'm pretty excited about. Just starting out working with the main engineer and composer has been pretty exciting for me because I've honestly forgotten what it was like to work on a team of you know like-minded individuals. It's gonna be really fun. I can't wait to get that project through the door. Anyway, now that I've cut you guys up on what's happening there, and me and my wife still have a lot of upcoming trips, so it's gonna be a busy, busy summer. <laughs> Hopefully you guys are also working on keeping the needle moving forward with your business and enjoying life, not forgetting to take moments for yourself. So look, I've been meeting a lot of artists and producers who thought that pursuing a music career was gonna be all glamorous. When I got to know them, we discovered they watched a lot of MTV as a kid, they started falling into reality shows that, you know, like E for Entertainment Tonight or BET and the myriad of pop cultures that have been propped up on these mighty stilts as the celebrities on network TV portray their achievements. I can't tell you how many professionals I know in my own circle that have confessed to feelings of becoming jaded over the disillusionment when their own vision clashes with the reality that they're living in. I know I shared in the very sentiments as I faced the same frustrations that my dreams and reality were so far out of alignment that I felt clueless and helpless as to how to bridge that gap. We have all bought into the lies that the media has fed us. Okay, maybe they're not all lies, but it certainly is misdirection. We're simply not being given all of the facts from those major outlets. And that's not entirely their fault. That's entertainment. At the end of the day, they're there to sell eyeballs advertising. Here's the topic of the day. We are all building our own beliefs about the world based on our models we see and experience around us. Unfortunately, not all external influences like MTV, E, or BET are terrible role models for understanding the real world of music business, but perhaps you've been choosing terrible role models for leadership. Today, we're going to address just what leadership really is. All right. For me, it started in high school. Music was my escape. I would play guitar for hours alone in my room, just immersing myself, experimenting with sound design on my amp and exploring the different melodies and song ideas that bubbled their way into existence through my hands. That other world I took myself to was a world of endless possibilities. From there, it quickly exploded beyond just a guitar and amplifier and into the world of recording, computers, and all sorts of musical genres. I love the brands I followed, but only what was visible to me as a music consumer. I consumed their music, but I had zero exposure to any sort of real-world role models for how to take my passion and turn it into a profitable or sustainable career. I didn't even have a support network that knew how to properly encourage me to pursue leaving my comfort zone and seek out the right people to help me move further in my dream career. I was physically, metaphorically, and quite literally in a vacuum, a bubble with very little external influence. So naturally, I had no scope of what it took to start a business, let alone build a brand. 
After I graduated high school, I started experimenting with recording for friends locally and quickly started building a name for myself, albeit very minuscule. I ended up building myself a job. But that's as far as I got. I tried teaming up with other engineers like my buddy Troy, but we both failed to scale. Neither of us had great mentors or role models of what leadership looked like, especially for the music industry. There were magazines at the time like EQ, which unfortunately no longer exists, Tape Op and others try to share stories from successful engineers and studio owners, but the stories they all shared failed to educate any clear message on leadership. Then again, that was never their primary goal. Those magazines are there to help sell gear by way of advertising. I mean, I get it. You might be asking, okay, Cam, why all of this focus on leadership if I just want to build my business for myself? Well, if that's you, I want you to pay attention to the question. Are you really building a business if it's only ever going to be just you running it? If you want to build a true business, your vision needs to expand beyond just you. Before we go into just what all of these points that I'm going to bring up on what leadership really is like, I want to just kind of paint the picture here. You might not be ready to lead a team, but if you want to put yourself in the position to even create an opportunity to build a business that might one day grow beyond you, you have to start showing up like a leader for yourself. If we were to break down what leadership is really like, there are a lot of components, but I'll focus on some of the most important ones. I need to drive this home for you guys and gals, excuse me. Leadership is at the very core of it all. For any business of any size, leadership is about these core elements that help push the business forward. Leadership is something that is very subjective to a lot of opinion, and it also can change depending on the perspective, meaning what great leadership looks like within one company is very hard to take as a blueprint or a template and apply to any and every company and industry. Things are going to look different and they're going to have to run differently. But leadership is more importantly about the person at the helm. But you are the leader. So let's start with the first one. Integrity. Now, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin published a book on extreme ownership. The book provides an excellent guide on what it really means to lead. There are countless examples published from all sorts of executives and businessmen, entrepreneurs, and even managers in virtually every industry that have shared their lessons and the failures that they've survived through their careers. Every single failure within their business or from their team ultimately fell onto them. The team's failure was their failure because they failed to address something. This is something I've been working very hard on within myself the last five years, and accepting full responsibility for everything in my life has helped me grow the fastest in nearly every perceptible way. Take my studio business, for example. When the studio business I had built with Troy fell, at the time we were seeing the end of that partnership and the studio with resentment at the local community's lack of support. We blamed so many external factors for our failure to launch and survive. If we had instead accepted the failure to build a successful studio in the heart of the Central Valley of California, as us failing to do what the business needed to survive and grow, we could have probably started asking ourselves smarter questions and pursuing the right actions that would have ultimately led us to achieve the same level of success that my colleague Matt Young was able to achieve when he launched the press recording studio in the next town over, Stockton. Perhaps I should invite him on the podcast in the future. So if you're listening, buddy, <laughs> I'd love to have you on. 
All right, so just what the hell does it mean to have extreme ownership in your business? It's literally taking responsibility for everything, including the failures of your team or the people below you. As a leader, if you don't set your team up for success, when they fail to do something, it's because you failed to help them achieve that goal or that outcome that their sole job is to do, right? So how can we improve on that? Something that great managers and leaders tend to focus on is accepting all the responsibility of that which happens within their team, within their organization, or within their business. If you're not accepting those responsibilities or those failures as, hey, there's clearly some learning or things that I need to do or change in order to create the success that I'm looking for or achieve that outcome, then where are you shifting that blame? What are you ignoring and putting your head in the sand in order to continue playing at the level you're playing at now? Don't you want to reach a new level? Don't you want to reach a higher state of business that can go beyond you? If you answered yes, then you need to take extreme ownership. In fact, I highly recommend the book from Jocko Willing. Check it out. Being a leader also means casting a vision. It means being the one who has a clear sight of the master plan. When Troy and I partnered up, he admittedly had little vision for how to run the business beyond being the engineer and the producer during the client sessions. Don't get me wrong, he had great people skills. An overall vision for the potential of each of the bands that we recorded. But when it came to business operations, he had no vision for it and left growing in that department to me entirely. I began self-educating in what little and efficient ways I could on marketing, advertising, and project management. I chased down the rabbit hole with biases as I highly disliked the boring stuff like accounting and paid advertising and focused more on things that I liked learning, such as producing video content, because I enjoyed the process of creating in that medium. Sure, I could have produced a lot more advertising content and started running ads to draw business in, but I was scared of paid advertising on Google or Bing, etc. because I didn't understand SEO or digital marketing and was already living on a minimum wage day jobs just to keep me afloat. I was also getting bad information from the digital world because a lot of snake oil was being peddled online around that promise of this $0 startup. I bought into the concept that we could launch a business with $0 in the recording industry. <laughs> Boy, how naive was I. Neither of us honestly had a clue how we could actually execute in the real world with what little resources we had. Everything I could imagine doing was designed as if I was already at the top of my mountain, when I was actually standing at the very bottom steps of my journey up a completely clouded and misty mountainside. Your business won't care how many employees you have. Whether it's just you or a small army, it will rely on someone to cast a vision that keeps the company on track. Imagine being a captain of a ship at sea. Do you know where you're headed? Are you keeping your team on task so you stay on course? How do you deal with the weather when it changes on you? Your team might not need to know every detail about why you're headed, where you're going, or why you're taking the route you're going to get there, but you do. So as you build out a team, especially if you're working with at least one person, I want you to keep this in mind, the use of influence. We can continue with that ship at sea analogy. A leader also needs to have influence over its subjects in order to successfully build a business. Influence is a funny word, isn't it? A poll on students all over Asia and Europe revealed recently that nearly 70% of all children between the ages of 7 and 15 believe being an influencer on YouTube or TikTok 
is a career they can see themselves in and will make them successful. There's more than one type of influence. For us creatives, our brand must carry a certain amount of influence, as that is how we attract our clients. But I'm talking about influence inside your brand. If you have even just one employee or partner in your business, and you're the person with the vision, it's your duty to have influence over them. How will you get them on board with your vision? It's your use of influence that inspires them to do the work. Your influence over them can be leading by example to show them what's possible. There are tons of books and seminars out there on leadership, and true leadership knows how to positively influence their organization to get things done. Okay, Cam, so how do we use influence if it's just me right now? My answer to your question is that you can still influence yourself. Who are you choosing for role models? What content are you absorbing and incorporating into your brand design? Are you even thinking about your brand or business from a top-down perspective? If not, it's never too late to start. Change your influences, and those influences will help you achieve the changes you want. Around the same time I started making changes in my personal life, I faced this very same thing. I discovered Ed Milet, and I started reading books and listening to audiobooks like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Let me tell you, it's never going to be just do this, and now we've solved for product X. It's a continual battle and a challenge throughout life. It's never going to be just, hey, I do this and I achieve success and Bob's your uncle. All right, live happily ever after. No, you need to constantly work at it. Life is ebb and flow. It's always dynamic. It's not just some static, hey, here's what I did and this is how I did it and you can do it too and there you go, you're done. Let's shift this into perspective. Let's say you're a music producer and you want to work with bands. Well, how much experience are you bringing to the table? If you're able to communicate that very effectively, then you can use your use of influence over them to illustrate and demonstrate that you are the competent person for the job. You're going to bridge that gap between the engineer at the studio, or even if that is you engineering it, building the sound that they're after. They're expecting you to come with that vision, and then you can wield your influence over them to direct them into doing the things that you want, that you believe will achieve that sound that they're after. All right, Cam, but what about those unruly characters, right? Sometimes there's going to be those instances where you have to wield power. And this is where something else comes into play. And there's a very thin line between the use of influence and the use of authority. This is another critical and often misunderstood component How many of you have heard the saying that managers tell people what to do, leaders show people that they're capable of doing it? Sometimes being a leader means making tough decisions. There is a fine line between using influence and wielding authority. This is a skill that takes discipline just like any other skill we as creatives have to learn how to wield. When we use our power of authority, there is no inherent good or bad to the act in itself. Instead, it's our misunderstanding of that power or our social or cognitive biases over how we believe we should be able to use it that often creates positive or negative perceptions in our teams, communities, and audiences. Imagine if you had an army. How would you use your authority to execute your business? How would you wield that authority when you have to confront failures in your company? How would you wield it when people in your company create wins on your behalf or the company's behalf? At every junction, there will be an opportunity to sway one way or the other. Great leaders know when to use their power of authority and when to wield their influence for the greater good. I was actually chatting with my wife earlier about this very topic. She's a nurse by trade. 
Now, there's sometimes that she works what's called the charge nurse position, and she's in charge of other nurses on the floor. Part of that role is she has to train new hires. So the way that she was talking about training one of her recent new hires, they were finding it a little bit challenging to learn all of the roles because especially in her particular hospital, they kind of split that person across three different departments or sub-departments, if you will. That can be challenging for somebody. She definitely did not have to do that when she was entering her position many years ago. So she could empathize with that person coming into the role and realizing just how much harder they have it right now. What she was telling me was that she recognized that in the new person and at least tried to give them the opportunity. Whereas some of her coworkers were explaining they wanted to push that person out because they weren't competent off the gate. I think that's the difference in leadership style, but clearly she's able to empathize with that person. What I truly appreciate about the character that my wife was explaining to me in her story relating to the nurses that she was training was that she didn't care about her co-workers point of view when she realized that this was a new hire coming into the business that needed help. They needed the opportunity to excel at work. If you give them the safe space like she did to say, hey, here's a safe space to work. There is no such thing as a stupid question that gives them the opportunity to then grow and grow. She did. She said within the month, they're already doing much better. They're much more competent about making the right choices when things happen. And that's what you want. You want to set them up for success. Now, she will at her power in the sense that she made the choice. That was her position of power to wield, whereas the co-workers weren't acting as the charge nurse to be able to say, hey, you need to leave or go find another department. They wanted to have it a certain way, but clearly the person in the role, the one with the power, is the one that has the ability to make those decisions. I think that kind of leadership ethic is something that can rub off on others. So can you take that to your business? Can you take that to being a producer or working with the artists that you're working with in any creative field? If we position ourselves as the teachers, as the educators, the mentors in our business, whenever it comes to helping our clients get from their dream to a reality, this is how you use your power for good. All right, we're going to move on. There's another thing that the world's greatest leaders do, and they foster a culture. Some of the greatest powers of leadership is when they can influence their teams to learn how to cultivate all of these same qualities within themselves on the leader's behalf. Imagine what you could achieve if your brand's culture was to foster excellence and leadership amongst each other. This all starts with recognition within the team. What kind of recognition would you focus on as a leader? What qualities would you emphasize in your brand? These two questions are what great leaders attempt to answer whenever they want to develop their culture. You don't need to have a team of employees to start setting up a culture that you want to adopt. You also don't need to have a team to foster recognition of excellence. Recognition is just that, recognizing, taking the time to look and become aware of when something is going well. Do you celebrate your wins? Do you even stop to recognize when something successful happened that you've been working hard to accomplish? Are you documenting what you did that helped you achieve that win? What steps can you take to start implementing a recognition program for yourself? Great leaders recognize excellence in others, and they reward that excellence. This positive feedback loop that you can set up just by rewarding and recognizing good qualities in other people is how you can set them up to then continue using those traits 
in demonstrating those traits within your business. I also think it could be healthy just to spend time recognizing the wins and positive things going on in your business so that you don't burn yourself out. That's something where I definitely failed with my previous businesses. Troy can attest to this. We constantly focused on doing the work, looking for new stuff, and we didn't take time to celebrate when we actually completed a project or won a customer over. Those little celebrations can really make a difference in the mood and elevate the team to want to do more. The one critical component of leadership that gets way overlooked is self-awareness. In fact, pretty much everything I've mentioned so far will depend heavily on your own self-awareness. Business management courses and resources often refer to this as self-monitoring. No matter how self-aware you might already be, it's a never-ending rabbit hole that the world's greatest leaders constantly travel ever deeper down. You don't have to become the next Gandhi or Dalai Lama, but just putting a little more effort into this is perhaps the very first step in unlocking the rest of these qualities for leadership. Heck, if you just want to improve your personal life, self-awareness will be the way you bridge the gap between your dreams and where you are currently. There is this saying in the business world that what doesn't get measured cannot grow. If we fail to look at ourselves and become more self-aware, we'll always miss the opportunity to measure how we can truly improve not just our life, but the business that we want to have. I already mentioned it above, but great leaders also have empathy. Empathy has so many uses. Whether you're trying to improve or define a sales process or scale up to a larger business by having people work for you, Empathy will make it much easier to approach both of those forces. When you exercise empathy, you actively put yourself in the other party's shoes and attempt to see it from their perspective. When you can align your goals as a business or entrepreneur or a freelancer with the other party's goals, you can find the win-win-win. You win, they win. The brand as a whole wins together. Let's paint a picture, shall we? If you can empathize with your ideal client, let's say you're looking to produce electronic music artists. Empathize with your ideal customer. Put yourself in their shoes and try to build out your entire marketing process, your sales process, and even the production process. Put the experience as if it were in their perspective. How would you want to be treated if you were the customer? If you can define that dream experience that those people want to go through, then you can find the win when you build out exactly that structure. Now, this was something that I felt I was actually able to excel at pretty early on in my career, at least when it came to finding customers and walking them through the process of working with me as a producer. While I was bouncing around working with artists all over Northern California studios, they had that trust built in because I was able to so clearly walk them through the process. I made them feel comfortable because I was able to empathize with their journey. I never wanted to be somebody who felt like I was left out of the process or struggling to just get it when it came to working with engineers or booking studios. So I tried to walk them through the journey. If they've never had that experience before, I want to illuminate the path of like, hey, this is how we tend to do it. Let's find a process that works for you and I will guide you through the process end to end. If I can just acknowledge my own place in this world, I am far from the ideal role model for leadership, but I'm speaking from the wisdom I've acquired over my own trials and tribulations. I've had many failures, and when it comes to the aspects of running a business, there's one role that has only helped me in the recent years 
as I've recognized this far too late in life. Great leaders listen first and speak last. Have you ever experienced the typical salesman who talks way too much? They'll continue to tell their story and work on convincing you that you need to buy even after you've already said yes. They should be ringing you up, and yet they're still trying to sell you something. Why don't they just know when to shut up? If they would just listen first, they would probably have heard that you are ready to buy and thus not be blabbering on wasting everyone's time. So this is what I mean by listen first, speak last. Great leaders know when to speak and when to listen. And last but far from least, great leaders know how to ask why. Be good at getting to the root cause. Asking questions is healthy in any relationship. And whether it's you running your business by yourself or running a team, you need to be able to get at the root cause of why things are the way they are. If somebody's saying, oh, hey, we need this product X or we need blah, blah, blah. Why? Why do you need it? In fact, I can go right back to the very episode with Jay from Descript on this very topic. Because when we talked about it, he was able to uncover so many reasons why people were asking for BST support within Descript. It turns out the reason they're asking for plugin support is because they want the tools such as denoising built into it. When they solved the root cause by just implementing first party tools, that cleaned up a majority of the feature requests for VST support. When you open up that rabbit hole of like, okay, we need to start supporting third party VSTs, that opens up a huge can of worms that they don't want to go down as a software platform. Look at that in your business. Leadership starts with the leadership of self. So start asking yourself smarter questions. If you have an immediate aversion or like an auto reply to, oh, you know, I should be running ads. And then you automatically just go to some place that starts to either, no, I'm just not going to do it. Or no, I don't have the funds. Start asking why. Why don't you have the funds? Or why aren't you willing to spend on it now? If you can look at the root causes and start digging deeper, you'll be able to start finding the answers and maneuver around to find a way to get ads going, to find a way to start marketing and get the traction going for your business. There's obviously an endless amount of things that we can talk about when it comes to leadership, but these are the core tenets that I believe absolutely must be discussed and developed if you ever want to start leading yourself or a team in business. So to start, I would say, if you're not even sure where to begin, pick a role model. Pick somebody who is going to be a great influence in your life in whatever aspects you're trying to focus on. Now, they don't have to be like, oh, I have to pick a role model that just is exemplary of every single trait and quality you want. Focus on just one thing. Maybe you really love the way that Drew at Cymatics does his marketing. Follow and emulate what he does in the way that he writes his copy or has his team build it. You only have to emulate the aspects that you are really after. You don't have to emulate the entire person. So that brings up mentorship, right? A mentor is not someone who walks ahead of us and tells us how they did it. A mentor is someone who walks alongside us to guide us on what we can do. And you know what? That's where the Music Producers Alliance is really starting to shine and why they're so different from all of the other platforms out there. Our mentors, including myself, are there to guide you by understanding your position, your goals, and where you want to head. This is why this is such a highly custom and tailored thing that we do within the program. You're not going to get that anywhere else. 
Now, as always, thank you so much for sticking around to the end of this episode. I hope you truly found this useful. If there's even just one aspect that you learned that you can implement right away in your business or even just change in your life, add that 1% difference and focus on that daily, you'll probably see massive improvements in six months to a year, maybe even sooner. Depends on what you're doing and how you're doing it. Please be sure to leave a review and share this podcast with a fellow producer or friend if you think this is helpful to them. That can go a long way towards helping the podcast reach the right people. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or really want to help share ideas, email us at podcast at modernproducersecrets.com. Finally, this podcast is brought to you by the Music Producers Alliance, the premier online community and professional development platform that provides learning resources, networking opportunities, and professional mentoring to music creators. Find our mastermind group on Discord. Visit musicproducersalliance.com or find the link in the show notes to get started.